going on everybody welcome back to the going the distance podcast presented by immaculatesports.com twitter's at immac sports instagram is at immac sports tiktok youtube immaculate sports it's episode 41 it is very special day today yeah very special day but yes before we talk about that special day let's talk about some special 41s all right Scott, who's your favorite 41 i'm gonna have to go with john lackey that's a good one <laughs> the swish dirk Nowitzki. i'm going with tom siever but some decent 41s, unlike there's like 39 and 38. We were struggling to find some people. Mm-hmm. But the other special note is it's Skyler's birthday, number 21 yes. for him. So that obviously means that he can now drink apple juice. So happy. Happy apple juice day. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm just, I feel so much older now. Yeah. The day has passed. Yeah, it's uh, first time in our history that we've had somebody somebody's birthday be on uh, a show day. So. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that last night, but let's get to our opener, shall we? Mm-hmm. My opener is going to be the Hawks advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Milwaukee Bucks. They took down Philly in seven. That was a fun game to watch. I haven't been watching too many NBA playoff games, but when Trey Young's got a chance to take down Philly and Ben Simmons, I'm going to be having my eyes glued to that one. So that was the favorite thing that I saw. Yeah, the best thing I saw this weekend has got to be the Bucks nets Game 7. Uh, we saw KD hit an absolute dagger at the end of regulation, and the Bucks pulled it out at the end, which is great because that's been pretty much the team I've been rooting for all playoffs since the Warriors aren't here. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy to see the Bucks win as well, to be honest. But for me, I'm going to go with Matt Olsen, now hitting above 300 on the season, criminally underrated in the scheme of baseball. I believe was 7th in All-Star voting just a couple days ago. Uh, no way he's the 7th best first baseman in AL alone. He's top 5 first baseman, absolutely killing it this year for the Oakland A's. Yeah. So, I was talking a little bit about Matt Olson and his All-Star case. We're going to talk about the actual All-Star game itself here and predicting the teams for the Midsummer Classic. Uh, phase 1 voting is going to yeah. be over on Thursday, so that's coming up very, very soon. And I'm going to be going over my whole team that I have predicted. I I, oh, I know yeah. Brett and Skyler have a, uh, a ballot filled out. Both yes, yeah. starters. All right. Yeah. So for my catchers in the AL, I'll, we'll go by this, and then mm. we'll go to the NL and do the same exact thing. So in the NL, I had Salvi and Yasmani. Grandall for my guys. What do you guys have? Uh, so I'm just going. We're just going starters. I believe me and Skyler. So I got Salvi starting. Are we doing AL and NL? AL. Just All right. So just Salvi for me. Got Salvi. Same. I, I think it's Salvador. So once we go to the first baseman spot, I have Vladimir Guerrero, obviously, uh, Oli, yeah. and then Yuli Guriel. Yeah, I, I got Vladdy starting. I don't think I mean he's the MVP right now. I think he's got. Oh yeah, start. it's hard to argue Vladimir Guerrero. I do. Uh, I put in my votes for Matt Olson daily though, it's just because he's my guy. Yeah, exactly. As you should, if you mm-hmm. are an A's fan like us, you should definitely be voting for Matt Olson uh, five times a day. As much as you possibly can. And now to second base, uh, former A is going to be starting it. For me, it's Marcus Semien. Uh, behind him is going to be Jose Altuve, who's having a very sneaky, very good season. I know he's going off in June. And Whit Merrifield, uh, 20 stolen bases and 40 RBIs for Whit Merrifield this mm-hmm. year. I did not know he had 20 stolen bases. But for me, starting, it's got to be Marcus Semien having an amazing year. Or down in Toronto, I guess, because they're in Florida right now. But No, they're in Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, they're in yeah. Buffalo. They're, they're up and down, and they're, they're moving all around. I can't, can't yeah. follow. Upstate New York. How about the NL? No. Oh, oh, we do. That is that is my fault, everybody. I apologize, but yeah, it's got to be Mark Semien, May Player of the Month. Man. Yeah. 
On to third base now. Well, I only chose two guys here. It's Rafael Devers and J-Bram. Uh, yeah, I got Devers starting 277, 18 bombs, having a really solid year for Boston. I like Devers. Also like Urshela. I uh, hate to say it because I don't really like him or the Yankees, but he's having a solid year. Yeah, I feel like A-Rod kind of instilled that hate of <laughs> Urshela because he did say last year that Urshela was the best defensive third baseman in the AL, <laughs> and we know that is absolutely cap. Shortstop now, where I also chose two people here. Uh, I have Bogarts and Correa, Bogarts being the starter. Uh, I got Bogarts starting as well. Yeah, I like Bogarts. I also like Joey Wendell. He's been tearing it up in Tampa with the uh, platoon. Is he listed as the shortstop? Yeah. Uh He's listed in a whole bunch of spots. It seems like uh, every single day in the lineup, he's in a different spot. But he's been going off. He's just a snub for me in this one. Now to outfield. I have six different guys here. Three starters, obviously, and three guys on the bench. The starters I had is Trout, Judge, and Buxton. Uh, obviously, Trout and Buxton are most likely going to be hurt once the All-Star game comes around. Uh, I, I didn't choose any like reserves for like uh, the guys that are going to be missing the game, so there's just mm-hmm. just that. And then the backups I have, Cedric Mullins, Adoles Garcia, and Michael Brantley, who's having a very quiet 350 season. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go actually to kind of opposite. I think the AL outfield is probably the hardest to pick from just with injuries and all that. So I'm going to go with three guys who have been healthy. Aaron Judge, I think, is going to be the one consistent guy mm-hmm. for all of us. Uh, Alex Verdugo, hitting 290, 9 bombs, 32 RBIs. And uh, Teoscar Hernandez, another guy with Kyle, didn't mention at all. I think he's having an outstanding season, hitting over 300 for Toronto, 10 bombs, just consistent. Yeah, yeah. I have a similar philosophy here with the injuries. I'm going to go with Judge, Verdugo, and Cedric Mullins from Baltimore. Yeah, definitely some snubs in the outfield part because there's a lot of guys that have been raking but there's some guys that have been raking more. So we'll see what gets in there. And now we have the DH spot. And this kind of throws it off a little bit uh, as far as the roster spots. Because mm-hmm. you know, we have 32 guys on each team. Uh, 20 position players. And in the NL, you kind of have actual like position players. The guys that play defense for all 20 spots. But for the AL, you have these two DH spots usually. So really only 18 position players, two DHs, and then 12 pitchers. But my DH is... Uh, Shohei and J.D. Martinez. Shohei's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you guys are going to pick. Yeah. I had Shohei and... Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz Nelson is a good Cruz. one. He, yeah. he, it was either Nelson Cruz or J.D. for me, and I went with the J.D. side here. There's now, a lot of guys over there. Yordan's having decent yeah. years. Don's not quite as good as the others. He's also been out a yeah. little bit, too, more than the other guys. Now to starting pitchers, where I chose seven guys here. I had five relievers, but I'm talk- only talking about the starters now. I know the guys don't have a starter spots because for whatever, whatever reason, we can't vote for pitchers in the All-Star game, which I think is stupid. It is. Because uh, so, that's that's who they give the extra spots to, is the pitchers, true. when teams don't have any All-Stars. Yeah. I have Carlos Rodon as the number one guy. I think he'll start for the AL side. I think it's very deserving. ERA under uh, two, so he's been dominant in a uh, it's first year back in a couple years. Garrett Cole, uh, Tyler Glasnow, who's hurt, but I do think he'll get that nod. Uh, Lance Lynn, Shane Bieber, who's having a down year in ERA, mm-hmm. but very up in strikeouts as per usual. Uh, Kyle Gibson is a guy that I threw in there. He's had an ERA of like 2-4, 2-3, so he's been really, really good. And Sean Manaya is the last starting yes, spot that sir. I have. Uh, maybe a little bit of bias there, but he's super fun to watch in my opinion. And he gets that last spot as far as the starters go. Do you guys have any notes to say as far as starters? Or I, agree. I agree. I think that's um, really solid. All right. Now, on to the relievers. Uh, we have a couple guys here that have to get in because each 
team has one representative at least. So the three guys I think are going to get in no matter what are Liam Hendricks, Aroldis Chapman, and Emmanuel Classe. Mm -hmm. All three of them have been locked down this year. Classe under one ERA. I think it's at .88 right now. And then the two guys who get the reliever spots but probably wouldn't be in the All-Star game. One of them is Kendall Graveman. Mm. Uh, he's been really good this year, but has been hurt for a decent amount. But I do think he gets that nod for the Mariners and Gregory Soto for the Tigers. You guys ready for the NL side? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, for the NL catchers, Buster Posey and Ramuto. Posey starts this game, no doubt. Uh, Ramuto is an option here. as also, uh, I'm blanking on the other guys. Narvaez is a possible one. Mm -hmm. you can choose. All right. For me, I got Posey starting. I think the, that one's pretty clear, hitting 330, you little yeah. power resurgence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got to be Posey. Uh, I also like Yadier Molina. The not Yadier crazy did. numbers, but uh, he's you know still as good defensively as ever in his however many years he's been playing. Yeah. On to first base now, where I have Max Muncy starting the game. Freddie Freeman having a down year uh, compared to his 2020 MVP season, but he still gets that nod for that all-star spot. Then Jesus Aguilar, a guy who probably won't make it just because of the voting and stuff, and he's not really the most popular guy, but he's been raking this year in Miami, and he is that third first baseman for me. I really was leaning towards putting Jesus Aguilar as my starter, just looking at his stats, but I think it's going to be Muncy with the yeah. way fan voting is going right now. And Muncy, he, he deserves it as well, but I would really like to see Jesus Aguilar, at least in this game. Yeah, Muncy uh, has been great. I just, you know, he's been hurt. So I want to shout out Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo's a good guy. He, he's been playing well recently. Yeah. Obviously, plays decent defense as mm -hmm. well. Uh, but defense is not that valued at first base. Let's go to second base now, where I have a Pittsburgh Pirate guy getting mm -hmm. the starting spot, and that's Adam Frazier. He's been coming off this year. Go watch it. If you're watching a Pirates game, you're only there to watch him right now, really. And Brian Hayes. Brian yeah. Reynolds another guy as well. But Adam Frazier is my setter at second base with two guys. Uh, being the backups, Ozzy Albies and the Colorado Rockies representative Ryan McMahon. Yeah, I think second base and you know, it might be the weakest position mm -hmm. uh, out of either side. But I have Adam Frazier as well, giving a little bit of love to the Pirates who otherwise have been absolutely awful. Anyway, yeah, everywhere else, I Except agree. Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds has done a very solid year. Okay, and that's pretty much the reason why I chose Adam Frazier here too. I also like um, Ryan McMahon, like you said. Mm -hmm. I like Jazz Chisholm, and I like Tommy Edmond. Yeah, the Colorado spot's kind of interesting because you you can choose Story, but Story's have a, has had a really shitty year. Mm -hmm. You can choose McMahon, which I think is the right decision. He has 16, 17 home runs this year. You could choose both, but I mean, the All Star Game's in Colorado, only in Colorado. So that, yeah. that's why I was thinking maybe they choose both, but I don't think uh, Story gets a nod here. Maybe he'll be on the AL All Star team uh, when it's all said and done. Oh. Uh, playing for the A's. Third baseman, though, I have uh, Chris Bryant as a starter. Ramon Laureano hits a home run here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get the alert on my phone. Uh, Justin Turner and Nolan Arenado are the guys that I have in the other two spots. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got Chris Bryant having, you know, he, he wasn't very good last year. I don't think any of us are going to disagree with that. But, yeah. you know, all our MVP a couple years ago, he's having another amazing year this year. I'm going to go with Manny Machado as my starter. Chris Bryant, very close. Um, but he has been down bad for the past couple of days and you know recency bias with the voting tends to happen it's true uh on to shortstop spot this is a very fun spot i think in the nl because there's a lot of guys that can uh, get that third or fourth spot uh on the roster and so 
I have Tatis starting. I think that's pretty much a lock. Just no matter what any other shortstop's doing in the league, uh, especially Trey Turner, is not going to get that starting spot over Tatis. Brandon Crawford is the second guy, and then I have Trey Turner as third. Uh, yeah, I think this one's pretty clear as far as starters go. Fernando Tatis Jr. will start this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be Tatis for sure. Um, Dansby Swanson is all right. I mean, not not a good average, but he's driving him runs. Brandon Crawford, like you said, and Willie Adamas with the Brewers. Sure, he's been playing really good defense. Ever since he's went to Milwaukee, he's been much better with the bat as well. On to the NL outfield spot where we I'm, got six guys again here. I'm going with Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker as the starters. I feel like that's relatively consensus. The three other guys, I have Soto, who's having a down year, but still crazy. Uh, walks, his strikeout numbers are not even close. He has more walks and strikeouts by actually a good margin. Uh, Mookie Betts is the next guy I'm choosing. Another down year, but great defensively. And then Cattell Marte is that Diamondbacks representative. Yeah, I think the starting three are pretty consist- consistent across the board. It's got to be Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker, the two red guys. Have just been going off this year, and Acuna is obviously, you know, top three player in the league. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have the same top three. Uh, I want to shout out Tyler O'Neill, great year for the youngster, yep. and Cattell Marte, who could be on the move. Yeah, Cattell, uh, definitely. It's going to be interesting if he gets traded before uh, the rosters are announced and he isn't the Diamondbacks representative who they would have because they really don't have anybody it's else doing random good. Pitcher. Uh, Caleb Smith is a guy that they could have if they want. He's been actually Walking really good. For you. Uh, but starting pitchers for the NL, I think you guys know who's going to start this game. Yeah, it's Jacob. Uh, it's Mr. Jacob, the GOAT, the Grom. Uh, the other six starters that I have are Kevin Gosman, Trevor Rogers, Brandon Woodruff, Max Scherzer, uh, Zach Wheeler, and Trevor Bauer. All right, no complaints. That looks good there. Uh, you could choose Corbin Burns. You could choose say, Freddie Corbin, Peralta. Yeah. But uh, I know uh, it's just... Those, those are the guys that I, I think that are, are, are good for that. Now the relievers, five relievers, Melanson, Kimbrell, Hader, Alex Reyes, and a little bit of a shocker, I have Tyler Rogers as the last guy on the team. Oh, from the Giants? Yeah, the oh, Giants. Okay. That, that is the, the submarine variety. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to do it for my all-star picks. I think the guys think that it looked good. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. I don't know when the actual teams are going to be announced completely. But until then, that's what we got. Now we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. They did call up Wander Franco today, but they're losers of six straight, and I'm pretty sure that they're losing right now against the Red Sox as well. They haven't beat the Red Sox this year. The Red Sox now have a .5 game lead over the Rays in that AL East. How much can Wander actually help these, uh, these Rays? I think he can completely change this culture around. If you've seen some of the clips from his minor league days, he's... Playing like you know Francisco Lindor, fist pumping in the air after getting out of an inning with bases loaded. He's a very similar player, uh, number one prospect in baseball. Obviously, his team's going to have his back. Yeah, I think he's going to be great for the culture of the Tampa Bay Rays, as Skylar said. Um, as far as you know, when guys get called up, it's kind of hit or miss whether they perform immediately. I mean, we saw Jared Kelenic yeah, come up, and the first week he was really good, and then went for like an 0 for 30 stretch. So, there might be some growing pains. I don't think Wander will have an over 30 stretch, especially mm-hmm. with his 80-grade hit tool, only the second player ever to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's also going to provide some consistency for the Rays. He's a switch hitter. I know the Rays are a team that likes to platoon. 
they don't really need to do that with him. They're not going to want to do that with him because he's going to be a stud. But mm-hmm. I think he's overall just going to be great for the culture and for the Rays in you know the next ten years, however long he's there. Yeah, uh, probably six years with uh, the way that they give <laughs> contracts. Uh, Wander's obviously going to be a change in culture, even though their culture is already good. Mm-hmm. I was watching the game uh, earlier today, and even when he's just chilling in the dugout prior to the game, it might have been because of they're playing the Red Sox, so big game type of vibe. But the the dugout was more lively, and even the Rays announcers were saying it that it just seems different when he's here, and that aura of like th- this guy can be so crazily good uh, is is definitely there, and I think it can help them. I think it will help them to win the AL East. Yeah. We're talking, going to talk about Cleveland now, who's on a hot stretch. Uh, yeah. Two games out of the wild card, uh, but they're kind of like the team that's left out right now as far as the yeah. wild card race looks and the playoff race looks in the AL. What moves do they need to make to get that spot in the AL? They need another left-handed batter. Uh, Jake Bowers, I found out today, is third or fourth in at-bats for the team, and he's hitting 190. You that's know, the thing is, not good. is that Jake Bowers is on the Mariners. That's the thing now, is he's gone. So he's not even there. What? They mm-hmm. defeat him. When? A couple weeks ago. This is new. How, how is he fourth in that backs then? I don't know. Wow. But he he I know he's on the Mariners. Unless okay. he's two Jake Bowers that both play first base. Okay. Well, uh, I will move on from that. Uh the pitching is great. Yeah, the pitching they is don't great. need they don't need any pitchers. You got Bowers, Savale, Cal Quantrill. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. McKenzie, Emmanuel Classe, like he talked about earlier, are great. Um, who's playing first base for them now? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Is Maybe Castro. What's the guy? The the guy who played outfield last year. He had a good playoff. Harold Ramirez. Um, no, he was the, on the, the bigger team. guy, left-handed bat. Uh, I know he can play first base. Naylor. Yeah, Naylor. Let me look okay. at what their okay. lineup actually is. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and make my point while Kyle looks. That yeah. I, I kind of have a similar philosophy as Kyle here. Cleveland for the past, you know, pretty much 10 years has been a pitching factory. Pretty much every guy they bring up, especially starters, seem to be really good. Right now their bullpen's in a good spot. Uh, Class A, we talked about him earlier. Karen Cech, he's been kind of up and down this year from what I could tell, but still an electric arm out of the pin. They, they need some bats. Uh, J-Ram can't do it all in the middle of that lineup. They need to give him some help, a little more consistency, a little more average probably in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, so their lineup right now is today. They are in uh, Chicago uh, mm-hmm. at, at the Cubs, so they don't have the DH. But Bobby Bradley is playing first base. Ooh. Cesar Hernandez is playing second. Ahmed Rosario playing short. And J-Ram playing third, obviously. Uh, the, the biggest thing in this lineup, I think they need another, another power bat. Framel Race is great. Eddie Rosario is good. Even Ramirez and, has been And great. J-Ram's good. Uh, but another guy would I, I just kind of put them over the top a little bit in uh in bats, and yeah. they have the pitching that they only need to score three, four runs a game consistently to be a playoff team in, in this scenario. Uh, and another bullpen arm, obviously, is always a, a good addition because you can never have too much bullpen, no matter what. Like, there's there's always room in the bullpen to add, guys. Now let's get to our weekly awards, shall we? All right. It's player of the Week, Skyler. Who yeah, my got? Player of the Week is going to be Shohei Otani. Six homers, nine RBIs. He also pitched against the Tigers. Six innings, one run, five Ks. Got the win. Absolutely fantastic week for Shohei. Of course. Uh, I'd probably have Shohei time, but I think we'd all have Shohei Otani. So I'm going to highlight Adam Duvall. Four homers, 10 RBIs, 417 average. Really solid week out of Adam Duvall. I went with Shohei 
Shohei here too. Uh, another thing that Skyler didn't mention is that he declared for the home run derby in Colorado, true. which is, might have been the biggest news that has happened that in this last big. week. Uh, pitcher of the week. My pitcher of the week is going to go to Jacob DeGrom. Uh, eight innings. That was over two starts. He got scratched with the injury after three. Yeah. Was it perfect innings? Yes. It was perfect. Eight Ks against nine batters. Yeah. Well, he uh, finished the week with eight innings, one win, gave up one hit only, 14 Ks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Sandy Alcantara. believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. from Miami. Eight and a third innings. Only one start, but only six hits allowed. Seven strikeouts. No earned runs. Another very solid performance of a guy who's having a pretty decent year down in Miami. Yeah, and he's, he's on the bump again today for Miami. Uh, their guy going against the Toronto Blue Jays lineup that has uh, George Springer back. I'm also going with Jacob DeGrom, just like Skyler said. And I was watching DeGrom's performance yesterday. It was a seven-inning game. He went five innings, uh, one hit, two walks, six Ks. And as far as Jacob DeGrom goes, that was a bad start. Yeah. He walked the pitcher. He had another walk as well. The guy that doesn't really walk anybody, he did allow one hit. I mean, nobody's going to get a hit off of DeGrom. Uh, for any other person in the league, it's a very good start. But for DeGrom, it's like it's just what he does usually. And six Ks in five innings, I think, is a good effort by the Atlanta Braves. But he is my pitcher of the week. How about your rookie? My rookie of the week is going to go to Ryan Mountcastle from Baltimore. He had 444 homers and eight RBIs. Uh, pretty much the only thing going for a Baltimore team that's won one out of their last ten games. Yeah, yeah, that and Cedric Mullins. Cedric but Mullins, yeah. okay. to, to Skyler's point, I'm going to go with Ryan Mountcastle as well. There wasn't a lot of guys who really came close to him this week from what I could see. Mountcastle gets my rookie of the week. Uh, Mountcastle is my rookie of the week as well, but maybe another thing going for uh, the Baltimore Orioles is, do you see that relish man on TikTok at, at no. their games? So they, they do like a hot dog race uh, in, in between innings one time, and it's a uh, ketchup hot dog, mustard hot dog, relish hot dog, and relish was 0-36. Oh. And there was this guy wearing a relish t-shirt at, at the Orioles game, and they relish won. <laughs> relish fucking did it. One in thirty six. Now the guy got a whole tub of relish uh, poured on top of him. I assume that it's kind of planned. But wow. shout out to relish, man. Uh, maybe relish. maybe my condiment of the week. Okay, let's okay. go to halftime. All right, let's go. Welcome back. It's halftime. We're going to start it off with some Monday NFL news. Uh, first off, Cardinals rookie linebacker, first round pick, Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, arrested. He was driving 76 and a 35, one-way road. Can't do that. I thought it was much worse when I read it yep. at first when I read the headline, but, you know, there was no one on the road at the time. So, you know, slow down, Zayvon. Exactly. It's okay. Pass on the field, not in yes, the car when the there's car. a 35. Next up, we have some interesting news with Carl Nassib, yeah. uh, who came out as gay yesterday uh, mm. to the world. Uh, his Instagram followers have shot up since. Uh, that's something I was actually curious. K. A little social experiment, I yeah, guess. I uh, predicted he, it. I looked uh, right as it happened, because I follow him on Instagram, just because he's a Raider player in the first place. Uh, 13,000 followers when it happened. I looked a couple hours ago, it was 250K, so he <laughs> is going up on social media. Jersey sales. But good for him. He's uh, number one. Number yeah, one in number jersey one. sales over the last two days. 
Uh, but good for Carl. I mean, uh, obviously yeah. a very tough thing in today's world, especially in the NFL, because mm-hmm. teams will do bad things and stuff. And, you know, we've had the whole Michael Sam incident. But yeah. uh, happy for him. I, uh, I, I just, like, kind of... If you guys remember the Richie Incognito mm-hmm. yeah. situation a couple years ago with Jonathan Martin, I, I believe was making was calling him like gay, like in the locker room, like. But I just that's going to be a very interesting scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be. Fine. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be okay, but it's just kind of interesting. Like Richie Incognito's here at the time that this happens. Yeah, we'll see. Richie's changed himself though. I think. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Next up, we have Jalen Twyman, a uh, mm-hmm. rookie D tackle for the Vikings. Who got shot four times yesterday? Uh, he was visiting his aunt in Virginia, I believe. DC. Uh, yeah, well, same coast, thing. something yeah. around there. Uh, and he said, "Quote: It was wrong place, wrong time. Uh, four superficial wounds uh, for all the all four of the bullets." But I mean, lucky but unlucky, because how many times you can get shot four times and not be like legitimately hurt is a very like insanely lucky thing mm-hmm. but it's also insanely unlucky that he got shot four times so uh, yeah. hopefully a full recovery for Jalen Twyman oh yeah for sure another big one in the NFL uh, Rams defensive end Frank Clark he's on the Rams now Chiefs Chiefs yeah I say he's got to be he's on the Chiefs I think I got a fake article <laughs> he, he's definitely on the Chiefs, 100%. Okay. I, I believe he signed. Oh, no, no, not on the Chiefs. Arrested near Los Angeles. Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Okay, yes. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. My, I just saw LA, Frank Clark. My bad, everybody. My okay. bad. He had a submachine gun in his Lamborghini. Yeah, it's not Warzone. You can't have this around. No, you can't do that. Uh, you, wouldn't be, you would not want to be running around with an Uzi in Warzone anyway. That gun sucks. That's true. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the uh, Monday NFL news. We had a lot of it. That's true. Pretty crazy. Not a lot of football-related, though. No, not really. Uh, but the College World Series, still going. Uh, we'll talk about some of the games here. Vanderbilt took down Arizona yep. in the first round, but Arizona then got killed by Stanford. So yep. Arizona's Stanford. done. Uh, we had Virginia take down Tennessee in the first round. They are beating Mississippi State, who beat Texas right yeah. now. Um, winner of that uh, gets to wait a couple days for the elimination games. Uh, NC State beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, one nothing. That's a, a game that Jack Leiter started. He pitched very well in, but NC State started. It was just mm-hmm. going off. So now it's looking like NC State is waiting for the winner of Stanford Vandy. Yep. And likely Virginia. Game's not over, but they're winning late. Uh, is going to be waiting for the winner of Mississippi State and Texas. Yeah. And just a, a reminder, I believe Stanford has to win twice. Not against Vandy, though. Not against Vandy. Uh, it's just uh, winner-takes-all game. Or not winner-takes-all, but like losers out. Winner keeps on going on. Stanford versus okay. Vandy okay. tomorrow. Game for me to keep my eyes on. All right. Sure. And then the winners of those two sides of the bracket play each other in the yeah. World Series best of three. Great. Yeah, Correct. All right, so uh, also just now wrapping up is the NBA draft lottery. We now know the results. Number one pick goes to Detroit. They finally have something right. Yeah, shout out to Sean real quick. Uh, Our boy from Detroit, from the suburbs of Detroit, now in the Bay. Uh, From the hood. Yeah, from the hood. Mm -hmm. Wrapping up the lottery, it's going to be Houston at two, then Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, OKC, the Warriors with Minnesota's pick. The Magic with Chicago's pick. Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indy, 
and Golden State. Yeah, it went chalk up until about uh, seven. Yeah, we get seven and fourteen though, which I think is very nice as a Warrior fan because uh, we had to get that seventh pick. Uh, it had to be at least outside of the top uh, top three to get it. I think it was seventh odds too, so that I'm completely fine with it as long as we got the pick. Yeah, be interesting. Maybe we'll do some uh, mock drafts on here eventually. It's true. And the last thing I want to talk about, I'm calling it the Degrom Domino effect. Degromino. The Degromino effect. There we go. <laughs> pitchers leaving the game. I'm sure you guys will correct me when we get there. But now pitchers leaving the game are checked for sticky substances all over their body. Yeah. And maybe it's uh, the Garrett Cole effect a little bit too, because he's yeah. one of the guys that kind of brought this to light. Trevor Bauer, mm. another guy that did too. But he, Trevor Bauer is saying has said in the past that he was using sticky stuff to prove to the MLB that there was a problem with using sticky stuff. Uh, Tyler Glass now outspoken about it. We talked about that last week as he got hurt. Uh, but the rules are now going to actually into effect. So every single starting pitcher uh, after one of their innings will get checked. And getting checked really means that umpires come up to them, check uh, under their belt, which is a common mm-hmm. spot to put stuff, uh, their hat and their glove as well as their arms if they need to. Uh, relievers get checked every single time they come out of the game. And I think it's very interesting that they're doing it when the pitchers come out of the game rather yeah. than why as they come in, which I think is smart because uh, who knows, they could have something in their pocket or some weird stuff before and then put it on after. But uh, you see this stuff after, which is interesting. Yeah. All right, and that's going to wrap up halftime. Unless, Brett, you got something for us? I got nothing. No? All right, let's talk about some basketball and get out of here. Oh, yeah. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Hawks. They moved on versus the Sixers. Now they play the Bucks. No one expected this, I feel like. The the Hawks were really that team that people looked like, oh, yeah, they're going to take down the Sixers. They're going to take down the, the, the Knicks in five. Uh, but do they have a legitimate shot versus Giannis and the Bucks? Herder, Gallinari, and Capella have been great, um, but it's been rough for Trey Young. And Drew Holiday is not very far off from Ben Simmons as a defender. I think it's going to be tough for Atlanta in this series. I'm taking the Bucks for sure. I'm going to say five games. I mean, I think it would be kind of criminal to count the Hawks out, considering yeah. they, they weren't supposed to be in this last series. This was supposed to be... Philly versus, I mean, it's supposed to be Philly versus Nets was what we were supposed to be looking at here. The Nets obviously lost. They went through some injuries. Uh, do the Hawks have a shot? Yes, but I think it's a very tough matchup. I think Drew Holiday is actually a better on-ball defender for Trey Young's size, mm-hmm. at least, than Ben Simmons. Drew Holiday, first-team all-defense. Then you got to go through Giannis if he's driving. It, it's going to be a tough matchup. The role players for the Hawks have been very good, but... I think the fact is the Bucks have just as good role players. I mean, Middleton's not really a role player. He's a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Holiday, Brooke Lopez is going to stretch Capella out, which is going to make it, things a lot easier for Giannis because they don't really have a lot of more interior defense to hawk. I'm going to say right now, this is going to be a big series for Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Um, if I have the Hawks, I would probably explore maybe running a zone just to keep Capella down low because mm-hmm. Giannis is going to have his way with Collins. He's going to have his way with Gallinari. So they're, they're going to have to do some... Uh, some interesting tactics defensively just to keep up with Giannis. Yeah, Giannis is definitely a tough guy to cover. Uh, I don't really don't have a take in here except for the Hawks and seven. That's my right. Let's talk about Philly now. Uh, so they did lose to the Hawks, as we just said. Ben Simmons, obviously, probably the biggest reason why they lost. He didn't shoot a field goal in the last four games of the fourth yeah. quarter uh, in, in that series. And... In total sucked. I think he shot 34% from the free throw line, which is kind of outrageous. So what's next for the Philadelphia team? 
They definitely need to trade Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't think they should blow it all up. There's some good young pieces there. We saw, especially with the uh, COVID, hit them pretty hard this year. Guys like Tyrese Maxey stepping up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think they need to let Danny Green walk or trade him. I don't, I'm not exactly sure about his contract situation, but I know he's getting paid about $14 million and he's not doing much. I think this, this offseason is going to be huge for Philly because what they do with Simmons or Embiid, I'm assuming it will be Simmons, will kind of determine I mean, what their next 5-10 years is going to look like, what, mm-hmm. just, what direction they want to go as a franchise. I don't see Ben Simmons coming back. Um, I, I think they can get a decent haul from a trade, whether they want it to be picks or you know try to get a player of who they think is of his caliber. Because he's a good player. I, I don't think... They're a good defender. I, he's a great defender, good distributor, good finisher. He just can't shoot. And it, it really restricts a team whose best player is their big man. It makes it very hard for Embiid. So I think, I think they got to mix things up in Philly. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I do think Ben Simmons gets traded. Uh, where, though? A possible suitor could be Portland. CJ McCollum is a guy that, I mean, mm. the Sixers would be very, very interested to get back. Uh, the biggest thing that they kind of need is shooting. Uh, but thing is, would Portland really want Ben Simmons right now? And what would they want from him? They'd, they'd obviously need some secondary pieces with it as well. I don't know about picks because... Like trying to win now. The team is trying to win now, and you keep game it. I mean, I mean, the question is, who really does want Ben Simmons after watching what's happened? He's not playing at the end of the fourth quarter, and if you're a star and you're not even able to be out there at the end of the fourth, what good are you really? Yeah. I mean, if I'm an NBA team, I'm looking at what just happened. I don't want Ben Simmons on my team. Yeah. As valuable as he is, other places, the contract that he's going to command, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a good point there. Uh, but for Ben Simmons, he has said that he's not competing in the Olympics for Australia, yeah. right? Yeah, Australia. Uh, so he can work in the gym. So good for All him. Right. Uh, he should work on being a power forward. Dr- he's not going to be a Dr- point Draymond's guard. been saying this for the past five years. He's going to get in the offseason and work on it. Sh- it's never happened. I don't see it happening with Simmons. Yeah, he, maybe if he switches hands. Uh, there's a whole conspiracy <laughs> about that, that he's actually been shooting with the wrong hand. In college, there's like a study about him. His, like, layups and, like, interior shots are, like, 95% done with the right hand. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something something interesting there. My yeah. uh, source for that. It can't get he, worse. It can't he, get he worse. He told me that, and he, he said that he found it on, like, some TikTok or something course, like that. But, I mean, there's you can find good information <laughs> yeah. on TikToks, perhaps. Like, the guy getting relish poured on him. Uh, <laughs> that's breaking news. Wander Franco hit a three-run home run. Hey! He's so already changed right the culture. Uh, probably righty. I'm assuming uh, they're facing a lefty today, right? And yeah. I believe it was, was Rodriguez. Might have taken him out by now at that point because it is his third at bat. But regardless, that ties the game for the Rays. <laughs> I thought you were about to give us some really bad news. But that—that's crazy. Uh, not basketball related at all there. But uh, now let's talk about the Nets. Is it rinse? Mm-hmm. Is it just as simple as rinse and repeat for the Nets? We know they had injuries. Kyrie was out. Harden was obviously not. Full James Harden in the those last few games of the playoffs. So what offseason changes do you look for Brooklyn to make this year? Brooklyn needs another ball handler. It might sound crazy, but, you know, with Kyrie Harden and KD. Um, but we saw in this playoffs, whether it's BS, whether it's injuries, they they didn't have the depth they needed. They didn't have the shooters or the ball handlers they needed, and they, they made mistakes against Milwaukee. I think it is as simple as rinse and repeat for the Nets. What you got to hope for is just health. 
Yeah. If those three are healthy going into the playoffs, it, it won't really matter who they come across or even if they're clicking on full cylinders. They're going to be 100% capable of winning any series they go, no matter who they're playing. I mean, the the biggest question I think for the Nets heading into the offseason is do you re-sign Spencer Dinwiddie? Uh, mm-hmm. I know he opted out of his player option. I don't even know what their money situation looks like. I'm sure it can't be pretty with those three big contracts. But I, I try to build depth, shooting around those three guys, defense, really just role players. I mean, the, the fact is, if they're healthy, they're going to be you know, right in the mix for a championship next year. So it's just kind of hoping they are healthy. Yeah, Dinwiddie's probably a, a big person here in this situation because I, I, I actually do see Skyler's point a little bit as far as the ball handler goes because if you're able to keep the stress off of KD and Harden and Kyrie in the regular season and keep them healthy, which, I mean, there really wasn't that much stress on those guys in the regular season in the first place because mm-hmm. they all didn't play that many games, but if you're able to keep those guys playing the games, but not as many minutes, maybe then that works out a little bit better for them. And, yeah, not, you know, I'm not talking about going out and getting Damian Lillard. I mean, like, look at uh, the Clippers and the Lakers bench. I was like, going to say like a Lou Will tech guy. Yeah, or like someone who can just eat minutes, Rondo or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I got that plays a true point. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lou Will's been a true point, but something along those lines. Now let's talk about the Western Conference Finals. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say is a more intriguing series than uh, the other conference finals uh, with yeah. the Hawks and and the Bucks, but there's two big players out in this series: Kawhi and CP3. CP3 might not be out the whole series, but out the first couple games, he's not playing here tonight. And Kawhi, no one really knows. No <laughs> one really knows what's going on with him. No. He could have a torn ACL. I mean, who who knows at this point? He's going going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, but how much? Does uh, these injuries affect these two teams, and how does this Western Conference Finals Mm -hmm. play out? Yeah, well, like we saw from Game 1, it's going to have to be Booker and Paul George stepping up. But I think the most important thing here is the Reggie Jacksons versus the Michael Bridges of the series. Uh, Yes, a guy like Terrence Mann. If if those guys can hit their shots, campaign, DeAndre Ayton... You know, the guys we don't think of first when we think of the Suns and the Clippers. Those guys, if they're on, that team's going to win. And I have the Clippers in seven. Should be a great series. I like the Suns. I just, I I can't count out Paul George. It's fair. I think, I I mean, obviously it's going to depend on when and if these two superstars come back. I actually think the Suns are in a better position with both these guys being out than the Clippers are. Sure. Uh, the main reason being, I think Devin Booker's an animal. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than Paul George. Or, I don't know about better, but he's more consistent right scoring-wise. Uh, better right now. Paul George has been really good uh, this postseason, to his credit. I know the pandemic P memes from last year. He's gotten vaccinated. vaccinated he's now P. vaccinated. P. right there. Um, but if if you're looking at the benches, I think the Suns bench is a little more deep and consistent. I don't think you can count on 30 a night from Terrence Mann. I mean, you might get it once this playoffs. And yes, it did come in a big game, but I don't think you want to get that night in, night out. DeAndre Ayton, I think, is going to have a very big series. He's probably the third best player besides those two that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Paul is going to come back this year. I don't think Kawhi is going to come back this series, which I think is probably the biggest thing. The Clippers have been very quiet. The only thing we've heard right now is it's possibly an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. And if it is, I doubt we see Kawhi again in this playoffs, whether the Clippers advance or not. CP3 will be back eventually. I got I got the Suns in five. All right. That's a good pick. 
Uh, I'm only going to talk about Devin Booker here because Devin Booker is amazing. Yeah. And he's the closest to Kobe Bryant that we've seen since Kobe Bryant. And not only just because of his scoring and his, his actual ability, but the ability to up your level of play in the biggest stage. He had a, he had a triple-double in game one. Uh, as a fantasy owner of Devin Booker, I never thought <laughs> anything close to that in the regular season. So getting a triple-double in game one, I think, is a little... A little crazy is there's a little that's a little scuffle there. Someone threw down uh, Jay Crowder, George in that one. Jay Crowder throws his arms up uh, and attack going to Jay Crowder. Oh, double tap. Uh, this is oh. the start of the game uh, of, of game two, uh, first quarter. Uh, Phoenix versus the Clippers, but I'm, Devin Booker's amazing. That's my point. I'll get to my prediction about this series in our bets. Right. Let's get to those bets. So and last week. Last week, I had the Angels over the, the Detroit Tigers on Thursday. That did happen. Shohei hit a home run in that game, our players of the week. Uh, Skyler had SF over Arizona on Thursday. Arizona's losing streak extended to 17, uh, I think, on Sunday. And they yeah. won yesterday, so congrats to them. Good for them. But if they had that 17-game <laughs> one streak <laughs> on Sunday, that's and that's an easy pick for Skyler there. Jay Carter looks sad in that, by the way. But uh, my layup for this week is DeGrom doesn't allow an earned run in his star. I had run on there, but earned run, I feel yeah. like, was a little bit easier. Who's he playing? Uh, I don't care. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Houston Astros over the Tigers on Thursday. That's Luis Garcia pitching for the Astros. He's having a great year so far. Sub-2 ERA against Jose Urena, who just got rocked last week. I'm going to go to hockey. We haven't talked about hockey in this episode, but hockey playoffs is in full swing. I got Vegas and Tampa winning their series, I believe. Vegas is tied 2-2 right now, and Tampa, following an 8-0 victory last night, is up 3-2 over the Islanders. These are the two best teams remaining. Both will win their series and face off in the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, Brett said we didn't talk about hockey this episode. It's just because we haven't gotten there yet. My prediction last week was the Knights in 5. Uh, it's 2-2 right now, so obviously that's not going to happen. Game 5 mm-hmm. is tonight, though, however. Skyler had Arizona over Vandy. Went to 12 innings. And it did not happen. Uh, Vandy gets the win. Arizona gets knocked out the very mm-hmm. next day, or two days later, maybe. Uh, Their next game. Yeah, yeah. By Stanford, led by Brock Jones, who had a three-run home run in that game. Oh, yeah. Brock Jones is a beast. Uh, but this week, my bull prediction is Suns Info. All right. Uh, my bold prediction is going to be the San Francisco Giants sweep the Oakland A's. I don't want to see this happen. I don't. I'm an A's fan. I'm rooting for the A's. But let me tell you what's going on here. The A's have been on the road for a while now. They don't get a day off before the series. The Giants do. Um, so instead of giving them the Giants one game, I'm just going to give them the series. So it sounds more bold. <laughs> I saw... This spurts here early. I didn't know what I was going to do for my bold prediction. I, I had no clue. I looked at the MLB schedule. Didn't see anything super appealing. Then I saw the sheet, and I saw SF sweeps Oakland, and I thought, damn, I hate Skyler. He always picks against the A's. So I'm going to go with Oakland sweeping San Francisco. I like that one. Just to, you know, reverse Skyler's bad juju, if anything else. Yeah. I uh, can respect that. Yeah. Go that, Oakland. That's episode 41. Yes, sir. Uh, Skylar, what are our socials, man? Social. Twitter? The Twitter yeah. is that a Max Sports. You want me to tell them where the Instagram is? Where is it? It's also at a Max Sports. What about the uh, YouTube and TikTok? It's Immaculate Sports. There we go. Uh, episode 41, Skylar's birthday is 21st 
leave a happy birthday Ooh. Skyler uh, thing in you. the in the comments if you want to if you love him. Uh, it's gonna be me and you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, episode forty-one. Tom Seaver, Dirk Nowitzki, John Lackey. John Lackey. That's another one. Was unselled. Skyler. Yes. Back. All right. Uh, we'll see you. Next Episode. Tuesday with some more MLB news. Yep. How's Wander Franco doing? How's DeGrom doing? It's true. Hopefully we have some more NFL NBA stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody can there, there'll definitely be some NBA show, or NBA stuff. I yeah. assume mm-hmm. these series will be deeper. Yeah, so. I wonder what number 42, our favorite number 42s will be. Huh. Mariano Rivera. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. Deuces.